Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm glad that we are together today. I'm so glad you decided to tune in and dial the radio to Faith Radio to be with me today. I've got a wonderful show lined up just for you. Patrick Albanese is going to come on in just a jiffy. That's a jiffy. Patrick, welcome. A jiff, jiff, jiffy, jiff, jiff. If you don't have time to say jiffy, you can say jiff. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, long. I was just trying to say jiffy is an actual measurement of time. I wonder if people know that. And and it, it's do you, a, do you a still very use, swift measurement? Of it's time. a very swift, but do people yeah. still use it? I think it came out in 1780. It was a colloquial, colloquial English expression for in a short amount of time. There you go. And you... then eventually it became known as peanut butter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> do it you... was Jif, Jif peanut butter. Exactly. Jif, not Jiffy, yeah. Do you use the word Jiffy and anymore? I don't use Jiffy, Spiffy, and I try to avoid Iffy if at all possible. <laughs> so a lot of those words... But are... I will, I... No, actually, I think... Yeah, they've all kind of just gone by the wayside. Although I, I, I still have tried the Jif peanut butter. Do you remember a Superman peanut butter? No. Oh wait, I do. Do you remember there used to be a Superman peanut butter? Uh yes. Yeah. Do you know why that one failed? Yeah, yeah. No one could get the jar open. Because <laughs> <laughs> the problem. Did I lose you there on the Superman peanut butter? Jar? No, Sorry. you didn't. I thought that was good. <laughs> I liked it. But yeah, yeah, those words went away, didn't they? Jiffy. Well, I don't know if people use Jiffy anymore. I'll be there in a Jiffy. Do you trust Jiffy? When people say, I'll be there in a jiffy, what does that mean? And are you going to trust it? If the waitress says, I'll be there in a jiffy, what does that mean? Do you, trust, do you think she'll be back soon? I, I, I just, I think you're done. I think you might as well just go to the front counter and pay and go. <laughs> but also, isn't it, do some words uh, just to make you think, like, I remember a friend of mine, it's a mutual friend of mine, you know, he was trying to, create a new demo videotape for his act. And this was late eighties, early nineties. And so at that point in time, he was, uh, you know, uh, mid thirties and, and he was trying to use some of the hip language of the day. And so one of the things that he put on his promo materials was it's the bomb jiggy. <laughs> I, just, I think, you know, there's oh, a couple boy. of things wrong with it. Obviously it has a very, a very, a very limited shelf life yeah. bomb jiggy. You know, I don't even know what that means. There's going to be people scratching their heads saying, what does... No, but I would imagine if somebody said bomb jiggy, you would expect them to be about 14 years old. Yeah, and if no you kidding. saw somebody 34 years old, you would say, oh, you look so much older than 34 because you're trying to be hip. Yeah. You know, uh, kids had, you know, the phrase of words like, you know, that's rad. Yeah, uh, and uh, you say, "Oh, God, I think you and I were—we weren't, you know—you and I kind of came in on the tail end of the groovy. <laughs> you know, groovy was a word. Yeah, it was that was used a lot, and 
you know, if you were in the early 70s, if you saw somebody in their 40s using the word groovy, you'd say, what is wrong with you? You can't, you cannot use that word and get away with it. But words, words are so... And, and I think Jiffy has kind of fallen, fallen into that. Yeah. I mean, words are so important because they... Oh, sorry. They, yeah. Words are important because they, they, they define things. So we have to be very careful uh, how we see words, how we look at words, how we understand words. Um, we're just being playful right now with uh, old words, but yeah. there are words now being used today that have a different meaning than what we once knew them to have. And we have to be careful to make sure we uh, stay true to what the word really means. Yeah, and a thing that I that, that bothers me is when they can take a perfectly fine word uh, like persnickety, and let's say that it sort of gets semi-retired. But you know, what did persnickety mean? You know, your your grandmother would say you're just you're so persnickety. Yeah. You, you know, if you if you lined up your toys in alphabetical plus size you know, <laughs> order. But that was that was your organization system, right? And uh, but it wasn't a negative connotation. It was you were particular. You liked things a certain way because that's what worked for you, and it usually it made things work better for you. And we've sort of retired those words and replaced them with words that just mean negative things. Yeah. Almost like there's something wrong with you if you're now particular. You know, it's like you're looked down upon for being particular. You know, they uh, the word perfectionist. I don't know if it's ever had a, like, sometimes people can think of the word perfectionist and go, oh, I don't know if I like that guy's a perfectionist. Everything has to be just so. But it used to be very positive, mm-hmm. you know? Don't, yeah. Yeah. And and now it seems to be if if you call somebody a perfectionist, you're, you're calling them something negative. Why yeah. did that happen? Yeah. If you go get a root canal, you want to see the tools laid out in kind of a nice equidistant fashion. You don't want to see them in a pile. On the, you go this. I like persnickety, and this, Grandma Albany's used persnickety, didn't she? Yeah, uh, that was Grandma Bell. That was the Bell side of the family. Okay, and uh, that was the Bell side of the family. Grandma Albany, she was the Italian side. I have no idea what she was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, um, she didn't speak a lot of English. Yeah, Martha from Manchester just came in with the word woke. I mean, that is a completely different word over the last uh, year or so. I don't know how long woke's been around, but it's a very different word today. It is, and I think it's changed just in the last year or two where it used to be, I don't know if I would say it was a positive thing, but people would say, have you woken up to what's going on? Mm -hmm. And now, uh, if you're not woke, uh, you're not welcome in polite society anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you must be, you have to be woke in order to be considered a serious person. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that... That didn't work out too well, did it? Yeah, well, I, it's. Uh, I, I think you hijacked the language. You you hijacked the culture too. Yeah, I I liked your point about um, words f- feeling or being more negative than what what they once were. Be, because if you're a very organized person and you like things in an orderly fashion and uh, you you perform well based on that, that would make you, according to Grandma Bell, a little persnickety. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think it's a good thing. Persnickety. Yeah. 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 So now it has a... a Particular. It was it was always a positive thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I we just have to be careful with words. That's my point. There's my opening point to, of the day. 
Well, I love that point. I, I think, yes, you have to be careful with words, but uh, sometimes they sort of just get hijacked away from you and, and you wonder why. Like, why would somebody turn persnickety into a, a negative? Mm-hmm. And is is the reasoning for it, you know, something sinister? Like they're trying to, you know, uh, say that it's not good to be good. That, uh, you know, you <laughs> right. must... Ex- yeah, which is kind of confusing, I get, but you know, there there often seems to be you know more emphasis. Like we 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 try to change language, and we try to change. Hey, is it good to be on time for work? Because you remember the old, you know, early is on time, on time is late. Mm-hmm. Especially and, if you have a radio show. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they you do you do not want them starting without you. It's pretty tough. Because then, then, then the game is up. Right? Yeah. Like, Rosie's shaking oh. her head. Nope. You don't want that to happen. So she makes a good point. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's shift from old words. There is one old word, which is kind of fun, because some words get retired. I think Joe Biden is the only guy who uses the word malarkey still, unless there's other people that use it. But yes. I, I find that word charming. I like that word. I just don't use it myself. Do you use it? Rosie, yeah. Rosie says she uses it. I, so. Well... Well, you know what? I, I use it if I want to be kind of silly because I do think it's a great word. I love the word. But I but I do think it yeah, I think it adds ten years to your <laughs> to your age. <laughs> I think it does too. Yeah. You so, know, you you could be fifty five years old. You say malarkey, they say, Oh my wow, you look so great for seventy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good strategy. Keep that in mind, by the way. So anyway, I was yeah. listening over the weekend to a number yeah. of podcasts when I wasn't watching football. By the way, which was an exceptional weekend for watching football, incredible games. Again. Again. Every game ends with a field goal. In the last two minutes, the last six games we've watched, except for the big blowout of of, uh, Kansas City winning by six points in one game. Yeah, good point. That's a blowout now. Wow. So I I listened to a number of podcasts this weekend, and I'm realizing there's just a sea of words out there and different people's perspectives and the angles they take on stuff. So it is wildly humbling to think people choose to listen and continue to listen to Faith Radio and support the station. There's so much competing for their attention. Yeah, I don't, you know, I I don't know how people fit it all in. Uh, you know, I, I, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and this might just be, you know, the malarkey part of me that's much older than I look. But uh, I, st- I still love getting it over the airwaves uh, or, you know, via an Internet connection. But I like to listen to shows when they're happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not I've never really gotten very good at the downloading a show to listen to later. I kind of want to hear it when it's happening. And I don't know if that's just an old fashioned part of yeah, it. Yeah, it is old fashioned. You're, and I, you're alone on that one. Cause a lot of people download the faith radio app. Wow. It sounds like commercial. Yeah. Time. Download the faith radio app and listen to the podcast anytime you like at myfaithradio.com. Oh, that's fin- That's great. Yeah. I'm thank you. For that. I, should, I know I could download it. I actually tried to use uh, the announcer. Yeah, voice I could start too. downloading there. Yeah. Mm. That was pretty good. Yeah, need a little more re- reverb. You need a little more Don LaFontaine in a world in where a people world. listen to podcasts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> is he still alive? The in a world he guy? is not. He's not. Yeah. He is not. Yeah. 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 I, Don LaFontaine. I, I used to like Thurl Ravenscourt. Raz, Rav, Ravenscroft too. He was the Tony the Tiger guy. 
Oh, what, that a, guy what had a great some pipes. name. Yeah, thorough. Wait, didn't 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 he get stuck on an island with six other people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or is that somebody else? I think that's somebody else. I think it's somebody gotcha. else. Yeah. Thurston Howell. Sorry. Yeah. I'm confused. But anyway. Yeah. My... I, well, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like listening to him live. But it be, but a podcast, um, I, I have listened to some. I've listened to some recordings and I and I do like them. I just don't know where you find the time to do it. Yeah, that's a, that's of course, a toughie. Joe Rogan's been in the news a lot in the last couple of days. And if you go to his website, his podcast lasts slightly over three hours. Do I want to watch so, Gone with the Wind or do I want to listen to one yeah. Joe Ro- Rogan podcast? I mean, it's a big time commitment. Now, I I do have some friends that say you you turn it up to one and a half speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, that would you know, have that thing come in at about two hours. Uh, maybe double speed. I, I don't know. That's uh, a lot of listening. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you, especially if you have a, a couple of favorites, uh, my wife kind of gravitates, you know, she likes these where they solve mysteries. She just loves mysteries and, um, you know, she moves on she, and she'll binge listen to them and, uh, and moves on. I don't know where she finds the time cause she's so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, and she doesn't listen to him in double speed. She just finds, she wow. just makes time for him. Wow. Mike uh, said he loves solid, man. And Shelly said, I like Alistair Begg using the word jolly. Those are good words. Those are good. Jollies. Jollies. Long gone, isn't it? Yeah, it's long gone. Except, unless you're Alistair Begg, who's from Scotland. Anyway, he's great. Patrick Albanese yeah. is my guest. We're going to take a short break and be right back with more as we get our day started. Coming up right after Patrick is going to be the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. Hour two today. I'm very excited about Dr. Clint Arnold. No relation. Be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Nice to be with my friend and colleague uh, from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese. He is a performer, he's a comedian, he is a magician, he is a lover of Jesus, and he's a husband and father of two uh, beautiful kids and a very cute dog named Ace. And I always mm-hmm. always like to have Patrick on to get my week started. And Patrick, how about you play Tom Brady for a second and I'll play his financial advisor. How about that? Okay. All right, here we go. Hey, Tom, I, I don't right. know. It's Monday at 4, let's see, 20. And if you can distract yourself with video games or golf for three days, you'll get a check from your employer for $15 million. We here at Money and Money Consultants encourage you to wait. That's three days, huh? That's a pretty big ask. <laughs> Fifteen million. Fifteen million. So uh, just to not announce his retirement. Yes, so to speak. Yeah. Wow. But what was the, the game? It was uh, I forget. Was the last game of the season or one of the games where Gronkowski? They have the microphone on me. Says, "Could you just throw me one more pass? It's worth a million dollars. <laughs> just, just one pass. Yeah. Just, I just need one more catch. Come on, Tom. We're old friends. Yeah. <laughs> and so next pass was uh, to him. You're thinking, well, what do you get for that? That's uh, at least oh, a steak dinner, gosh. right? 
So, uh, oh, right, because his contract, if yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's um, that's amazing. He has to, I guess, he had to t- two years in one day or whenever he signed the, the last one. Yeah. Wow. And I'm not gonna. I, oh, go ahead. No, I just, I, you know, I think it it might be time. Although I didn't see that he lost any step. Um, I think there's a, a selfish part of me who's always been a fan of Tom Brady's to say, I would love to see you go out not having one of those seasons that uh, people say, oops, you stayed one year too long. I get nervous that, you know, you could get that you could get injured or you could have one of those seasons where people say, oh, if you would have only left last year, you know, the legacy that people would remember was never had a bad game kind of thing. Yeah, I see so you're, I, you're revealing I, your own paranoia right now. Yes, I am. That's <laughs> part of getting. I, I noticed I, I still have developed an old man cough now. Really? I just I, and for no reason. Yeah, you know how you in the old days you would just, <laughs> and now it's just this, <laughs> you know. And I just it just drags on. I said, why am I doing that? Yeah, and why, why are you doing it on my attention? show? Seriously, you, you don't have to demonstrate how it happens. I mean, that's. I don't have a cough button over here. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh yeah, I should let you know. Yeah. Fifteen million dollars. I don't know. What do you think? Is he going to do it? Um, I don't think he needs the money, uh, and I think that it would probably be wise for him to evaluate another season. What is that? Another eighteen weeks of playing? I'm, all it would do would just be stacking on more records upon records. I mean, he's already the yeah. greatest football player probably in the history. So, to me, if you're going to do another season, you're going to solidify a whole bunch of records that will never ever be reached. I'm guessing. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, but you could also have a Joe Theismann type injury. That's true. I, I know. Yeah, he uh, stayed one year too long. I know. So, isn't it a little odd that the Super Bowl is going to be uh, in the stadium that it, the game is going to be in? Also, is the um, home stadium for one of the teams in the game? That's kind of cool. They, yes, they which happened last year. Tampa Bay last time. year. Yeah, and now this year, yeah. Los Angeles. And I don't think a LA team has ever won the Super Bowl. I'm well, thinking. the Raiders did when they were the Oakland Raiders, yeah, yeah. But not L.A. But, right, and the Rams have won it when they were the St. Louis Rams. That's right. You know, it's a. a I mean, if you're a, an L.A. football team, if you leave, you'll win. If you come back, we're going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a beautiful looking stadium. Uh, I, I would I would love to go there because I've used to go to the football games when I lived in Los Angeles at the Coliseum which was huge and a somewhat dangerous place. And, you know, I used to love the places where you'd park your car. They, they didn't collect a parking fee. They'd often say $20 to watch your car. <laughs> but kind of, you'd say, I don't even know what that means, but I think I should pay it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. $20 I, to watch my car. I no. went to Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Watts one day, one Sunday. And okay. the, Fences were about 14 feet high, and they had about 6 to 10 people doing just that inside the fence, keeping an eye eye on your vehicle. Wow. Yeah. But I bet inside the church, it was glorious. Yeah. Pastor Evie Hill was uh, preaching that day, and the service started at 10, and it was over at uh, 1.15. And I didn't want it to Uh, be over. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we uh, did church. And yeah. there was this community of love, and we were just uh, overwhelmed. I think there might have been four white people in the church, 
So wow. me and my friend were 50% of the white people in the church that day. But they would say, hey, does everyone, uh, you may not know this, but uh, uh, Bessie had car trouble uh, last week, and it's going to be $600 to get her car fixed, and she doesn't have the money, so uh, who can uh, who can give 100 And you start seeing hands go up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who can give 50 Thank you, thank you. Wow. Bessie, we got your money. It's like, whoa, oh. whoa. It was impressive. Well, that is a... That's a that's a church that's moving and making it happen right now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was it, beautiful. it was exciting to see people so well taken care of, and they knew when they went to church, they were going to be uh, cared for, loved, considered. Uh, their issues were going to be addressed, and they just took care of each other. It was a really a cool experience. That is beautiful. That's I mean, and and it's a community. That's the the the, the real God community right there. Yeah, it was good. It's, it was very good. That's beautiful. Yeah. So the Winter Olympics start Friday night. I don't know if you have any interest in watching. I personally don't, but they're worried about that the winter is disappearing from the winter games. They they have they have to make snow. They don't have enough. I think haven't they had to do that before? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and that, that was that was the problem. Everybody, the blizzard of '78. They just thought that that snow would never melt. <laughs> <laughs> it finally melted here. It finally went down. Do you remember that blizzard in 78? I do. Oh, gosh. That was a big one. But uh, so they're having to make snow. Um, Because I remember, didn't they have summer games in Beijing a number of years ago? And then they had, for a number of weeks, stop all the cars from commuting to just try and clean up the air just a little bit? Yep. So I I know they have a huge pollution problem over there. Um, I wonder if that has any effect on the snowfall or... um, uh, you know, or, or what's going on there, but yeah. I don't, I, it's, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch. Um, I, I know the ice skating is always pretty exciting. It is. And, um, because it's just, you say, oh my gosh, look at you, look at you. You're gonna, uh, uh, I've never understood ice skating because it seems like if you fall in order to prevent bruising, you should just stay down on the ice. Right. Sure. The <laughs> ice will keep the, your injury cold. So first thing they tell you to do Let's when, put you, ice when on you hurt, Hurt yourself, put ice on it. So if you fall, you should stay down. But they get back up. I know. That's their spirit. I went to the uh, Winter Games uh, once, and I saw live skating. And I have to tell you, that is emotional. It's something to see it on TV. It's different to be in the arena. And you can hear the the ice, the skates on the ice. And uh, after one event uh, in particular, I I got up and went to go get a beverage of some kind and cup of coffee and I walked right past the guy who just finished his routine and I there there he was and I said oh oh wow that was sensational he goes eh, not my best but thanks thanks for uh, thanks for saying that it's like I just had the most casual conversation with a guy who just got off the ice skating in front of I don't know oh. how many millions of people that's a so have you ever watched the, the, the gymnastics like the, the balance beam I can't watch it I can't, I can't. It makes me too nervous and and I remember even just way back in high school at a gymnastics meet live, I, 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 can, I cannot, the, my nerves cannot take that. What is that? You're, you're walking on a railroad tie. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't, that's never safe. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. we got to go. Patrick, thanks. Oh. Have a good day. Thanks, you too. You bet. Monday Afternoon Mix is coming up next with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B.
Welcome back to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles is on his way into the studio, last I heard. Yeah. And Rosie B is here because she produces the show. And without her, we don't have a show. Well. Well. You, we do. We do. We do. But David said he is on Snelly and he is pulling in. Mm-hmm. So he'll be here any minute. Yeah. And we're excited to uh, continue our discussion on the Sermon on the Mount with Pastor David Miles. If you've been following along, we've been doing this for a while. I'd say months and months and months. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and right now we're concentrating on the Lord's Prayer. I know, which is great. And I think we're going to concentrate as we continue on the last couple of verses of the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're getting close to forgive us our debts as we forget forgive our debtors. Right. Mm-hmm. That one's a little tough. I think we talked about that, started talking about that last... Yes, we did start talking about yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that one's tough. I think I think the next two are tough and because it also then goes in, but deliver us from evil, you know? So um, the fact that there's evil out there, that we need a God who delivers us, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know that many people like to think about it that way, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, it's true whether we like to think about it or not, yeah. you know, it's true. And so I think it... It gives um, a deeper relationship to what God does for us, not only for his son who's died on the cross, but also for his protection, as in Psalm 91 talks about. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. Maybe I can talk a little bit about my friend Patrick because he's not on the on the line anymore, <laughs> right? Let's... And he's probably not listening right now. <laughs> well, he's... he it is in Des Moines. Maybe he is. No, he's not listening. Okay. No, he gets off with me and then he runs and does something. <laughs> But when I met Patrick, and I, I love this story, he was had dabbled in uh, New Age mm-hmm. and was open, but he was very confused. Mm. And he was reluctant to put his faith and trust into a God that would have control over him. And I think that's what everybody fights at some point. Right. They don't want to give up their autonomy. They don't want to not be the decision maker in their life. Mm-hmm. So... I remember him discussing New Age, and I think it'd be fun to talk a little bit over the next couple of months about different world religions, because they all offered a very different perspective. I think it's good if we have some rudimentary information about some of the world religions. Mm -hmm. You know, all world religions, for the most part, point you to God, and Christianity is the only religion where the head of it says, I am God. Right. Big difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. But when I was uh, talking to Patrick about his new age, which I thought was really nuts, I mean, the key person or founder or date of new age is it's really based on kind of Eastern mysticism. And it really took hold in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, that's when new age got sort of big. You would think it would have started much sooner than oh, that. It did. It, it was just, it's just called paganism and it's called mm. Buddhism and Hinduism. And it's just, it's a, it's a mixture. Mm-hmm. It's a hot mess of all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you ask a new age, who is God? And they say, everything and everyone is God. More of a universal concept of God? God is an impersonal force or a principle, not a person. People have unlimited inner power and need to discover it. Hmm. You know, and if you're trying to achieve great things personally, that might be something that feels attractive to you. Mm-hmm. I just have to harness the inner God in me. And for a lot of people who are lost and confused, that probably has some interest. Well, and isn't that interesting, Bill, because um, 
the enemy is, you know, reflective of God, the, you know, the Antichrist that's planning to come. And he's always trying to mirror things that God does. And so I just wonder if New Ageism took that concept of the power of God living within us mm-hmm. and the identity of a true Christian. And, sure. you know, in Jesus's name, we can do many things and the kingdom of heaven is within us. But those are all things that it's because Jesus died, you know, because he's within us. It's not coming from us particularly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, without Jesus, we are nothing. Yeah. And so I just, that's just interesting to me because I wonder if New Ageism took that concept and deviated it just slightly to I make the emphasis away from Jesus, not to the person. Yeah. I assume that is always the strategy is to take the opposite of what the Holy Scripture says and then turn it around and, and just pre- turn it into a lie, a counterfeit. Well, and to make you the center. Sure. Right? Makes sense. Guess who just wandered into the studio? Well, I can I see like, who just I, wandered I like, in. I feel start... like we should restart the bumper music. No, Ooh, I kind of... should we? Let's try it. Okay. Let's right. try it. Here we go. Now, I'm breaking patterns here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. All right. Now things are right in the world. Oh. Bring us in, David. Well, my goodness, I like what you guys were talking about, about this, this kind of whole new age thing. And kind of centering self, but one of the things in centering self is that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so as much with the new age and with the new age thought and things like that and us running across the uh, sand like uh, Shirley MacLaine saying, <laughs> I am God, I, I am know. God, you still, what do you do about the issue of forgiveness? And what do you do about the issue of, well, of the cleansing of sin? New age would say you have to offset bad karma with good karma. I mean, you can tap into your supernatural power through meditation, self-awareness, and spirit guides. Hmm. Uh-uh. Yeah. Anything to dethrone God. I think the enemy yeah. is just out there. Anything to take away God's majesty. Yep. That should be, for any Christian, that should be our first, you know, highlight. You know, if somebody's telling us, because there's all sorts of false prophets out there, but if someone is trying to get you into a philosophy where God is not the great I am, yeah. That should be mm-hmm. your first red flag. Yes. He is holy and to be obeyed. Yeah. And I mean, here's, you know, a Proverbs 423 says that the heart is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring yeah. of life. And in and, and Proverbs, I think it's New King James Version says, as a man thinketh, so he is. So mm-hmm. there is this thing about what we think about that that does matter. And that's one of the things that Paul hits upon in Philippians chapter 4. You know, and he's writing to Timothy and he says, hey, Timothy, listen, you know, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things and what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. So Paul walked this out, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So it's not that, you know, positive or life affirming thoughts and thinking and speaking life, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. But this idea that, you know, we're, we're, we're gods, you know, mm-hmm. um, we are still fallen. And, and it takes a great deal of humility to say, you know, I'm not perfect, you know, and that um, it, it, there's no weakness in saying that you have a need, mm-hmm. you know. And being that, uh, I saw something the other day where there's a man and a guy said, you know, I don't believe there's a God. And so the guy drew a circle and he scribbled in, you know, this top part. And he says, you know, would you say that's about the knowledge that you have? He says, so you know this section, but this entire section, you don't know. 
So you don't know whether there's a God or not. So let's just say you're an agnostic because you just don't know in the parts of your unknowing whether God exists or not. Wow. That's profound. That is. I might have to come back, go back and listen to that again. You just walked into the studio, David, and just boom, (laughs) delivered something amazing. Yeah. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. 6 and 7. Let's let's wander back now to Matthew chapter 6 as we continue our look at the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, we were... um, we were back in Matthew chapter 6, and we were in the Sermon on the Mount, and we were talking about the Lord's Prayer, and we came to this part of, you know, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And we were talking about that last week. And sometimes when we get into the conversation about forgiveness, people are like, oh, does that mean I have to, like, forget? And it's like, um, no. I mean, there's some things you're, you're not going to forget, mm-hmm. or it will take time to but one of the things in forgiving others is to reveal your hurt. Like there's no closure without disclosure. But one of the things that's really difficult is in forgiveness, it's releasing the offender. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because, you know, even though we know that hurt people hurt people, there's some of us that we just want our just desserts. I mean, like we're just like, you know, it's, it just seems so jacked up. Like really, Lord, if I, if I release this person, like they get off scot-free, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, my profound statementometer just went off. So let's back up to without disclosure, there is no closure. No, without closure. Without. I think it's, yeah, there is no closure without disclosure. Yeah, so you need disclosure in order to have closure. Yes. Okay. I mean, like, because, like, how do you, it's like, how do you even forgive the thing that you're not even, you know, aware of? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a luxury, though, sometimes if people make a disclosure, look at David, I stole your wallet and I took 10 bucks out and I put it back in your pants. There you go. Yeah, I mean, there's that. But there's also it's also the story. I think H.P. London told the story of, you know, a young boy who had stolen something from one of the local mom and pop shops and never like disclosed it until like one day he came back from college and he went up to the guy. and He's like, you know, like when I was like in junior high, I stole this thing. And I'd been feeling horrible all this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the guy's like, why didn't you just come and tell? And so for all those years, that person was carrying it, you know. And we know the things that we, we carry. You know, we smile and all those things. But we can feel um, the weight of it. And, and on that note, sometimes a good question to ask people is like, so what is heavy on your shoulders today? And just listen. Mm-hmm. Because there's things that people are caring. And so sometimes us not confessing, or as Paul said, living with a clear conscience with God and man, mm-hmm. that hurts us, mm-hmm. you know, because God already knows it. But God says, confess your sins. If you confess your sins, homologeo, meaning to agree with God, I am faithful and just to forgive you uh, of your sins. And uh, that's why sometimes you'd hear about people giving confessions on their deathbed or in various ways because they're like, I can't carry this. What about, can it be the, can it be turned inside and out? Because I am thinking of several situations where disclosure could be the wounded party saying, hey, going to the person and, and, and addressing the conflict saying, whatever you did actually hurt my feelings because that shows vulnerability and, and also an opportunity for that person to say, I'm sorry if they didn't know what they did or to have disclosure on both sides. So sometimes 
I think it takes just as much courage for the person who has been hurt to come forward and say, I have to call you into account on that. That really hurt my feelings, whether it was intentional or not. Right. Yeah. Now, there are some some things to be mindful of this, you know, um, releasing the offender, you know, do it now and not necessarily waiting to to ask that person to ask you for forgiveness. Mm hmm. Because sometimes sometimes that person never is going to do that. Now, there's a couple important things. Is it always wise to re- release the offender face-to-face? Not always. Not always. And in some cases, it's not even possible. And in other cases, it may not be productive for you or them. So a couple of different things you can do is you can use the empty chair, where you sit alone in an empty chair and imagine the person you need to forgive sitting in the chair, or even the unmailed letter where you write down what you're feeling and thinking it without mailing it. I mean, there, there's some times where it's not wise. It's not even safe for that person to be mm-hmm. face-to-face with that person again. So, mm-hmm. so I want to just give that note um, so it doesn't feel like this carte blanche like every time. There, there, are, there are times where um, you desire to forgive, but the person that, needs for, that you're forgiving might not necessarily be trustworthy. Mm-hmm to be back um, with that person or in their sphere of orbit. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the, of the letter writing. I think I would struggle with the empty chair idea, but that, you know, that's just my personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But writing a letter is very cathartic. It especially is. if you say, I'm going to write this letter and send it, then you write it and you, and you think, well, I'm not going to send it, but it was really useful to write it. What I think is interesting about whether you write a letter, whether you talk to an empty chair, whether you're the person disclosing or whether you're the, you know, that you've done the, offense or you have been the one that has been offended, any of it, no matter which role that you're putting yourself in, and I I imagine the variables are, you know, you can't even count all the different ways that this could play out. The end result is always the same. You grow, you're released, Mm -hmm. you feel better, you go deeper with the Lord. Um, You learn more about him as your trusted savior because he swoops in and, you know, puts balm on that wound and listens to the tears and so the outcome, regardless of the process, is always the same. And I don't you know, I'm, I can think of things that was dif- were difficult for me to ask for forgiveness for or give forgiveness. And I try not to do that as often anymore, not let as much space pass, you know, of time, because I feel so much better when it's done. Yeah. And an interesting thing, Rosie, on this, and it's something that I had begun practicing, and it was actually funny, the other day I was I was driving into school with my daughter, Taylor. She's amazing. She just really is. And, um, you know, we were driving, and I said, you know, um, she's our only girl. She's my princess and got three three boys. And so we were just kind of talking through some things. And there was an area where I'd been praying about the other day, and I was talking with Tammy, and I, and I said, hey, Taylor, I felt like I didn't hear you, you know, well enough on this thing and and you felt like I heard your brother more on this and I said you know will you forgive me and she said yeah it's okay and I said no actually it's not and I've begun to say to people like if you forgive me say you forgive me but if you say it's okay subconsciously your mind and the other person's mind is hearing like that wrong happened and it's okay and when you do this you'll actually sometimes seem like literally a visceral reaction, not negatively, but just kind of like a, whoa, that was different because you're actually acknowledging a wrong versus just saying in our Minnesota nice, like, ah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. No, actually it was a big deal. And this person's acknowledging that wrong. And so, so saying, you know, forgive me. Like when I get on my knees, I say, Hey, Jaden, you know, will you forgive me? You know, daddy missed this. 
And uh, for those of you who know the story of Jake, who lived with us from England, who ended up coming to faith in Christ, you know, he, he's, he said, and his mom said, that was one of the things that was really interesting, seeing, you know, a father get down on his knees to his, you know, nine-year-old and saying, you know what, Jaden, um, you were talking to mom and dad interrupted you, interrupted and started talking to mom. Jaden, will you forgive me for that? And hearing a little boy saying, yeah, daddy, I forgive you for that. And that was like just this kind of weird, mm. unusual because, but because of Christ and our identity being in him, we can do those things. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer. And that is all in Matthew chapter 6. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Young professor right here at the University of Northwestern and pastor of really cool stuff at Hope Church. <laughs> I have to, I have to say, I think that's one of my favorite walk-up musics. That's it. Isn't it? It's it is. It's, they're all good because they're all I, you know, for all Bill's guests. But that one's one of my favorites. All right, we we're talking during the break, and I did find this maybe worthy to discuss for two minutes or less. But when you say, "Would you forgive me?" Sometimes Minnesota nice says, "Eh, no worries." people would say, that's eh, no big deal. But that doesn't feel like it's brought closure. If you said, yes, I forgive you, that can create defensiveness in the person. Well, thanks, but what about your piece in this whole deal? I wonder if sometimes people don't say no worries because that takes the heat off them and any responsibility they might have. Mm. Yeah, sometimes Team? We, we need to let I people... I know, I'm thinking about that one. I remember one guy in Ohio saying one time, as he was, he was going through um, just... We were doing some joint counseling with a, another counselor, me as a pastor, and another guy on our team. And I remember him talking about he was learning how to stay in his own hula hoop, you know, on some things. Because, like, we get ahead. Bill, on, on a couple of different things. Number one, we've talked about covered contracts. You know, covered contracts are the things where, you know, we, we think in our mind, if I do this, then the other person's going to do reciprocate that. Right. But we've never had a conversation about that. So, like, if I'm asking you to say, hey, I'm saying, hey, Bill, you know, will you forgive me for that? And if I'm expecting you to say, oh, yeah, you know, Dave, forgive you too, that's a cover contract. Like, we need to own our stuff even if the other person, um, you know, doesn't respond. I agree. You know? Yep. And it's like I had a situation one time with my older brother, and I remember the Lord laid on my heart. He was using, you know, um, the, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, and I was asking the question, and, and two great books, Tim Keller's book, Prodigal God, mm-hmm. and Henry Nowen's book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, that just wrecked, wrecked me, you know. But I remember, you know, I felt the Lord wanted me to go ask my brother for forgiveness, you know, for some things, and I, I went to him, and I just said, you know, will you forgive me, you know, and he said, but I haven't been very lovable, and I said, I'm not very lovable either, and Jesus forgave me, you know, so even in our 
forgiveness conversations as opportunity for the gospel. And he said, you know, will you forgive me? And I had to say to him, like, yes. I said, but I want to let you know, I wasn't asking for forgiveness in order for you to say it back. I was prepared to just say, will you forgive me? Because God had laid on my heart, my part, you know. And here's the thing. Sometimes you really do have to do that for yourself. You may never hear another person say back to you that um, that they forgive you, you know, or that or they might ask you, hey, would you forgive me for that part? Some people will never see that, but it can't be conditioned upon that part. God is wanting you to be set free. And as a believer, as we understand all the things that he's forgiven us of, all the things, and continues to forgive us of, he's like, you know what, I want you to let go of this. You know, I want you to let go of this. And it, and it's hard um, because sometimes it wants uh, to, to stick and stay. You're just handing me something here, David. I know. There's this very cool thing that Corey Tien Boom talked about. What do I what do I do here? <laughs> Read I need, it, maybe. I, what part? Right there. Where? Point. Point right here. So there's this, this part here that talks oh, okay. about Corey Tien Boom. Okay. And this really cool thing about forgiveness... All right. Uh, a friend of the cult. Oh, sorry. Nope. Go down one. Okay. Uh, so illustration. To illustration. To which to Corey Ten Boom told of not being able to forget a wrong that had been done to her. She spoke with a pastor, and he said, up in the church tower is a bell, which is rung by pulling a rope. But you know what? After the sexton lets go of the rope, the bell keeps on swinging. First ding, then dong, slower and slower until there's a final dong and it stops. I believe the same thing is true of forgiveness. When we forgive, we take our hand off the rope. But if we've been tugging at our grievances for a long time, we mustn't be surprised if the old angry thoughts keep coming for a while. They're just the ding-dongs of the old bell slowing down. I love that. That's cool. And it sounds so much better when Bill says it. Really? I do. I think so. I tried to read it with expression. (laughs) You did read it with expression. Bill, can I ask for forgiveness for thinking that was very funny? (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask for forgiveness for just doing that to you at the last moment? Yeah, I don't care. See, you know, that's that's one of the things that we we can come and we can ask forgiveness. And Corey Tinboom, you know, her story, The Hiding Place, and like she saw her Mm -hmm. sister die in the Holocaust. You know, and there's there's another powerful story where one of the SS officers walks up to her at a church service and says, you know, Al Fraulein, you know, I was there. Can you receive me as a brother? Because he had given his life to Christ. And she's like, everything in me did not want to do that. And God reached out his hand and she said, yes, you know, I forgive you. And that's the hard thing because we want to yank on the bell. As a matter of fact, truth be told, can we can we just can we tell the truth, shame the devil here? Yes. Sometimes we like to have a bell-pulling party and invite mm, our friends. That is profound. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, let me ring on this one. And the other person is like, oh, yeah, I know that about that person. Let me pull on that bad boy, too. And all of a sudden, it's like in the bells of Notre Dame, mm. you know. That is the human condition. <laughs> yeah. Because when you're telling other people, it's justifying your hurt feelings or whatever. And And really, sometimes you have to examine yourself on why do you want to give more fuel to the fire? You know, where is that coming from in your own route when you're having a bell ringing party? Yeah, I don't remember the place that it says exactly offhand from Proverbs, but it talks about 
um, you know, uh, Proverbs 26, 22, here it is. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. And just the whole idea, sometimes sharing a grievance. I think that's why that term is nursing a grievance. Mm. It's like literally we get the baby bottle and we stick that bad boy up to our lips. And yes, you may feel like you're 56 right now, but you like to nurse on that bad boy mm-hmm. and just say, oh, do you remember the time? Oh, mm-hmm. Remember, th-? And we play it over in our minds and we play it over in our minds of how we think, you know, how I'm going to. I'm going to respond to this person. So, mm. when, so when Jesus, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times do I need to forgive? Seven times? And Jesus is like, no, 70 times seven. And Paul says in Acts 24, 16, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. I love that verse. Thank you for bringing that up today, David. And thanks for being here. You really had to work hard to get here. You were like three minutes late, so you owe me three more minutes next time we're together. I do. Yeah. 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 Because I don't like getting cheated out of three minutes of David Miles, just so you know. All right, that's all the time we have for the Monday Afternoon Mix, but I cannot wait for what's coming up next. Dr. Clint Arnold, no relation. We're going to talk about the book of Ephesians, which is one of my favorite books. So that's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.